And welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lam. And this week, we're going to get right into our conversation. We're going to explore the intersection of art and the libraries. And of course, I will. I am in just thrilled to welcome back to the show Stacey Aldridge. She's our state librarian and also have first time Solomon Enos. And he's the resident artist over at the State Art Museum. And I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert. I am so honored to be with you and Solomon today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Stacy, and and you know I I see Solomon uh, downstairs in in the uh, State Art Museum in a little nook, and I said, "Hey, I I think I can have you come on the radio because I saw you with Stacy, and you know Stacy is a regular on the show, so I, I I love to find these these sort of connections, you know, between art and the library and art and tech, and Solomon, I'm I'm happy oh. to have you on. Aloha, oh, a, a joy. The, the gardens and libraries were my foundation. So there's a, there's a parallel between the two. Yeah, just like the, in German, you get the kindergarten, you have the children's garden. Mm-hmm. But in Hawaii, mm-hmm. the mala, yeah, where, the, where, where the light is, and this is where the library is. Well, uh, you know, Solomon, uh, and, and thanks for accommodating us. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had to kind of um, go to phone call, call-ins as a result of the COVID pandemic, but uh, I kind of found that phone-ins are convenient because people like you, Solomon, you're not even in Hawaii right now. you someplace far away in the South Pacific. Where are you? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm currently um, in uh, Apia, Samoa, uh, Upolu. Uh, I'm working with the University of Edinburgh, uh, doing a whole bunch of uh, projects with uh, youth, uh, art projects, murals, portraits, landscape, you name it. So it's, it's a real joy, and it's a way for me to give back. And I, I cannot give back enough. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about what exactly brought you to American Samoa. But I want to give Stacy a chance to share a little bit about uh, how she heard you speak and got you involved with some of the, you know, the kind of convenings and, and the conferences that she's been involved in. And I, I love the connection that... Stacy always sort of finds these gems and jewels and kind of brings them into uh, her her world. So, Stacy, how did how did that happen? Oh gosh, I'm so lucky. Um, we I got to hear Solomon speak at our Hawaii Library Association conference, and he's so inspiring. Um, this creative world builder who takes his native Hawaiian culture and builds these new worlds. Um, He's built this whole Pacific science fiction and fantasy around Polyfantastica, which is just amazing. And again, encouraging everybody to be creative. And he's just inspirational. He totally hacked his education to become this amazing world builder. And so um, I was so inspired by him. And I was honored to host the Western Council of Libraries. Um, Those are the Western states and all the state librarians from those Western states. We meet and we work together to uh, promote libraries and uh, resources um, to promote um, healthy communities through healthy libraries. And so they were coming to Hawaii, and I wanted them to get a real sense of the culture more deeply um, than what most people would see if they were just coming to visit. And again, I was so blessed to meet Solomon. I called him up and said, hey, would you mind speaking to this group of uh, state librarians and 
helping them understand more deeply the Native Hawaiian culture and just share your creative mind with them. And he was so gracious. And, and so he, he was uh, one of, he was our closing speaker for our event and he inspired everyone. And again, I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Solomon, for being a part of that, that meeting and for sharing your amazingness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my, if um, I, I get to be a mirror to reflect back all the wonder and joy that you folks have represented you the libraries are the bastions they are the you know they are those people just like you know that um uh, growing up in white and night library you know not only had you know it was great for many 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 reasons plus had air conditioning um <laughs> but, but living in the living in the in the um science fiction section i actually would just dive into worlds and just realize like there are other there are other stories beneath the stories that we are that we that we tread upon that, that we move through that we digest that we transcend so the power of story is something timeless and i think um i i can't get enough of it so bless you bless you bless you stacy for all the hanapa and all the work you do. well you know and, and stacy you know you are uh i think very good you have a very good eye uh for creative innovative stuff happening and I, I gotta compliment you you do a good job of not only identifying it but pulling it into your world and giving exposure to uh, perhaps you know folks that may not necessarily get that kind of exposure so I, I really you know kudos to you for bringing and in, a, in and of itself I think that's very innovative because you know, if you're able to bring an artist into a space where it's librarians and, and you know, library, <laughs> librarians, I mean, maybe they just want to talk about uh, the Dewey Decimal System or something. But, <laughs> you know, when you get <laughs> when you get uh, somebody like uh, Solomon into the space, wow, I, I can see, imagine the world just open up. Yeah, it does. And it, I, uh, every single person um, who was able to to be the state librarians were able to be there. They were very inspired at the end. Um, Solomon graciously shared all his art. He had all his art around the room, some of it we could touch and see. And um, the librarians learned also not just about art and and just his amazing mind of how he processes the stories that he's thinking about, but also just um, the mythology of of uh, Hawaii. So again, um, I think librarians are naturally curious. And we're learners, and we like to connect, and we like to make all those connections. So, um, again, I really appreciate you, well, and for helping us make those connections. And 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 Stacey, I, I'm only teasing you about the the Dewey Decimal. The Dewey Decimal, I hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, librarians are definitely at that apex of sharing content and stories and ways of you know being able to access this world of information. So you, you, yeah, Stacy, you guys play a real critical role. So that's that's super important. <clears throat> now, um, I do want to actually get Solomon to tell us a little bit about why he's in American Samoa because I think that is in and of itself a very uh, fascinating story. But we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Stacy Aldrich. She's our state librarian, and we got Solomon Enos, resident artist over at the State Art Museum. This is Bite Marks Cafe. 
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lam. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Stacey Aldridge, our state librarian, and Solomon Enos, resident artist over at the State Art Museum. And uh, we're talking about the intersection of art and the libraries and you know, right before the break, I was uh, kind of teasing the idea of uh, getting Solomon to tell us a little bit about what brings him to American Samoa. And I think it's a fascinating story. And, and for you, Solomon, to be in that role to, you know, kind of really set the right tone or the right profile for uh, a writer that has been respected over the years and... and uh, I just want you to tell that story. What 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 brings you to American Samoa? Sure. Uh, one small one small edit. Saskai, uh, we're in Western Samoa, and actually, that's an important distinction. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, <coughs> you know, no. I didn't did want to jump in there and go beep, you know. But yeah, we're no, in no, no, Western you know, perfect. Samoa. Because I was thinking to myself, yeah. Ap- Apia is like not in American Samoa. Because <laughs> I've I, I've actually but, but, <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, that's a perfect segue. It's a perfect segue. So thank you for that. <laughs> Happy accident. Um, so I am working with the University of Edinburgh, and we are doing a pro- we're working, working with a project called um, Remediating Stevenson. So we are following in the footsteps of Robert Louis Stevenson, and um, I am working on uh, adapting two of his stories. That uh, one of them he wrote in Hawaii, and another he wrote here in Western Samoa in, in Upolu. Um, and both of them are uh, have have Hawaiian protagonists. These are stories that are, that are actually set in Hawaii, right around the 1890s. And so it's an amazing window into a, into a time where most of the stories that we're being told that we hear about are related to the, uh, the Hawaiian kingdom and, and the, you know, and all the struggle that has been happening, uh, you know, right around the time of the overthrow. Um, but uh, in, a, in a, I think we've seen those famous photographs of um, Robert Louis Stevenson sitting with uh, Queen uh, Liliuokalani and uh, King Kalakaua. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, he was like the um, J.K. Rowling of the, uh, of, of the world because he was, you know, one of the most famous writers, and our our me'e, our our ali'i, were reaching out to him to, you know, find how is how he can actually serve to take the message back to the United Kingdom that we deserve every right to be sovereign, just as sovereign as the United Kingdom is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those that didn't pan out for for all kinds of reasons. But he came to to Samoa to, because he felt that Hawaii at that time. Couldn't it, it, it was irreparable. It was too. It, it was too much. It was going to be too much of a, a of a of a challenge. But but Samoa, there was still a hope for Samoa to, for them to maintain their sovereignty. And so the uh, the, the so we what we have today is the divide between uh, Amer- American Samoa or Western Samoa. Or I say divide because I'm still learning. I'm not sure if that's the right term to use. Um, so so that's a little bit of a little bit of that history there. Uh, but to get right into the stories. Um, they're full of fantasy. They're they're magical. They're you know there are aspects of uh, you know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. You know there's um, uh, the two stories that I'm working on are, are one of them is, is the Bottle Imp, and the other is Isle of Voices. 
Um, and both of them, you know, I, 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 I think they would fall into the category of magical realism. I think probably not. Uh, I, I, I will be happily corrected, <laughs> happy to be corrected. Um, but they, uh, I, uh, I'm the two graphic novels that I'm working on. They could easily be uh, short animations or even live action movies that would be uh, pretty close to like Harry Potter. You know, maybe less little bit low, little low fantasy a little bit mm-hmm, more low fantasy, mm-hmm. but really amazing and fascinating. And so being able to then uh, work on these graphic novels and working through the University of Edinburgh, because, you know, Robert Louis Stevenson is from Scotland, mm-hmm. and remediating Stevenson is basically they're saying, you know, do we need to update his profile? Is he somebody that we need to recontextualize? Not, you know, is he, was, he a, you know was he a savior, quote-unquote? Um, and if so... Um, we need to make sure that we speak to the communities that were part of his story or he, or rather, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, he was part of their story. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really important project that gives us a window into a time that really actually connects Hawaii and Samoa because we had a very similar kind of struggle. And, um, yeah, so there's all kinds of layers to this amazing uh, cultural and, uh, you know, artistic uh, parfait. So it's it's very ono and, and very exciting. So so Solomon, you know, what is the I guess the uh end game <clears throat> for your trip? Is it to sure. do sort of this uh you know, remediating or is it something grander? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well it's a um I and I here I'm I'm thrilled because I can I can take a few steps back and let you know and say that really all the work that I do, all all the you know the opportunities I have to engage with community, I am but a placeholder for you know artists from Samoa, for you know our other young artists in, in Hawaii to um, pick up on some of the um, some of the just just my raw passion <laughs> at the very least, mm-hmm. you know, and, but the, but to now actually physically get you know published materials that um, have. Very strong Hawaiian um, protagonists, and and what's particularly wonderful about this project is I can make major edits to the story. Um, I can change the story because when it was written, there's stuff that just wouldn't fly. I mean, um, you know, Robert Louis Stevenson talks about in the Isle of Voices, uh, uh, Kahuna from Molokai, mm-hmm. and the way he kind of contextualizes it is you know he's an evil sorcerer, and I'm like, oh. Red flag. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Wait a mm-hmm. second. Wait a second. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> uh, and there's a, and there he makes references to cannibals in the Pacific. And I go, okay, another red flag. So the great thing about this is that the, you know working with the University of Edinburgh, they say change anything. They say, put it in outer space if you want to. You know, put it in the far future if you want to. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just make sure that you document why you make these changes so that we can tell. the you know, the meta-narrative, you know, what is the story about the story about the story? Um, and I think that's a really important role. I mean, it's an important thing to do, you know, at a time when right around the world, uh, you know, we have statues being torn down because they probably should be, mm-hmm. or maybe being left up with a great big asterisk next to it and saying, you know, before we revere these heroes, we need to understand their whole story. And that's why the power of stories and the power to um, reset stones in a way that's proper is um, means that this, this project has many, many facets to it, and there's many ways for it to um, kind of spill over into other works of
Hey, Stacy, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Hello? Solomon, you th- are you there? Okay, so, so Stacy, this might be a good chance to uh, kind of catch up with your, uh, I guess, you know, when you saw or heard Solomon speak and the way he's speaking now about, you know, just going into the, the history and the culture and uh, even having a chance to maybe right some wrongs in the way the story was told, was that conveyed? Was that conveyed in his speech that you heard him talk at, and and uh, did you pick up on that sort of chemistry? Uh, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I think it's important to have um, artists like Solomon B to to tell the story um, from a different point of view. Um, I think you know throughout history, the people who own the pens. They are the ones who own the history. Mm-hmm. And now we're in an age where there's more opportunities for more stories to be told, for more voices to be heard. And I think that's so important and important so much that in our libraries, that's what we focus on is how do we make sure that everybody's voice is being heard through the different kinds of storytelling, whether it's art or books, um, so that people can see what was, but they can also, they can also hear um, more voices. And and Stacy, Stacy, mm-hmm. when you when you saw his artwork, uh, that that kind of inspired you to have him be a part of your, uh, uh, you know, your Western Librarian Council folks, uh, and 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 Solomon got to display a lot of the artwork. I mean, what what did you see in his artwork that was really inspiring, and and what you wanted to convey to your fellow librarians? I, I think um, the fact that he. He tells a history of a future where Hawaii or, or Polynesian cultures were not are not impacted mm-hmm. by other people. We're mm-hmm. not we not um, um, deprived of their own culture. Where um, they were able to live out, you know, into the future what what uh, the world would be like without without that kind of um, negative impact of other people taking or holding back. Wow, that's great! And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's pretty amazing. Solomon, I mean, you are, are you? Uh, do you watch Star Trek? I did. Yes, <laughs> I grew, up, grew up watching lots of lots of Star Trek. Um, and yes, yes, yes. And 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 Solomon, so <clears throat> you know, um, the stories that you depict, uh, extending it into the future, graphic novels. Tell us a little bit about what you are are capturing from. Let's say Hawaiian culture, or or, and I, I love the fact that you're doing uh, this work in in Western Samoa, and you know the story that is is told about their kind of independence. Let's say, uh, in contrast to American Samoa, which is a which is a territory, right? So there's there's historical pathways that are very different uh, for the islands that probably draw a, a unique culture uh, way back. You know, like thousands of years uh, in, in the past. So in terms of your depicting it into the future through some of your uh, graphic novels, what is, what is it that you're trying to capture from the culture that maybe is, a, is a, a, a pure example of what could be extended and carried forward as a representation of that culture? Sure, sure. Well, you know, um, I think it, it actually there are a lot of value systems 
and best practices that mm-hmm. are absolutely, absolutely universal. They apply to all of us because we are all one big uh, species. We're all, we, are, we are the problem and the solution rolled into one. And it's like, oh, no, and oh, yes. <laughs> we don't have to, I don't have to go very far start, to start working on my humanness. Mm-hmm. I'm right here, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think um, there are best practices across the globe of how people, instead of fighting against nature, they danced with nature. And I think, you know, just playing within that little realm of rhetoric, you know, try to take, try to take some of these fancy little ideas and, 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 and root them in stories um, really allows me to kind of, uh, kind of pole vault beyond the now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because the now sure feels like a quagmire, you know, it feels extremely polarized. It seems insurmountable. Um, and yet we used to be fish. We used to live in trees. We used to have tails. Uh, you know, we, we used to be all these impossible things. So um, I really think that, uh, you know, I, I have this, this kind of this feeling, and I can't shake it, that I don't think we crawled out of the oceans, you know, billions of years ago to end up in the state of the world that we are now. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it, it is unacceptable. It is unacceptable, and, I, and unacceptable mm-hmm. is the understatement of the millennium. Um, and if, if we can visualize other possible realities, um, if we can visualize those, you know, possible states of being where, you know, wh- what does justice look like? Mm-hmm. What does peace taste like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does mm-hmm. harmony feel like? And we, if we could textualize that as, in as many different ways as possible, and if we do it in, a, you know, from a thousand, you know, a hundred thousand, from a million different perspectives, then we're actually going to um, get closer and closer to something. Uh, I, I can't help it, but you know, to add a little bit of you know Kubrick and uh, Arthur C. Clarke, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. something wonderful. You know. <laughs> well, you know, you know. Okay, you, you, you're 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 venturing into an area that I'm keenly interested in. I I do want to hear your opinion about what does what does something like digital equity look like seven generations from now, and and. I I would like to you know maybe have you explore a little bit of that uh, when we come back from our break. We want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with with Stacy Aldridge. She's our state librarian and Solomon Enos resident artist over at the State Art Museum. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Stacy Aldridge, our state librarian. We've also got Solomon Enos, resident artist at the State Art Museum, calling all the way from Western Samoa. And... You know, right before the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about sort of ex- extrapolating, you know, wh- where should we be, you know, into the future? And Solomon, you said it perfectly. I mean, if we were coming out of the oceans <laughs> billions of years ago, we certainly don't, uh, you know, the, the, where we are in this day and age is not something to necessarily be uh, overly proud of because of the, the divisiveness that's going on around the world. And, you know, Solomon, one of the things that I <clears throat> hear oftentimes is that, you know, Hawaii can be an example. 
and I'm sure you're you're there in in Western Samoa, and there are a multitude of examples and cultural values and and truths that could be extrapolated from our island culture, and perhaps uh, you know taught or or exhibited for the rest of the world to maybe um, gain some insight to. What's your what's your thought on on making that a reality? In fact, maybe the work that you do is part of making that a reality. Sure, sure. Um, well, uh, I part of what I get to try to do is condense big nebulous ideas down into you know con- you know a, an espresso shot of uh, you know that easy easy to sip and easy to go. Oh, got it. <laughs> and um, one of the things I like to meditate on is this concept of, you know, you can have an amazing canoe, or you can have an amazing spaceship, but if the people on the canoe, or if the people on the spaceship don't know how to be kind to each other, don't know how to be compassionate <laughs> with each other, right. it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a three-month voyage, or a 300 generation, 300, you know, generation voyage to the Pleiades system, mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to make it. It doesn't matter, that doesn't matter how fancy our rockets are, uh, you know, are, are, you know, uh, it, it, the number one technology is compassion. Mm-hmm. Is people being kind, kind to themselves, kind to each other, and kind to our shared story. Uh, currently, uh, bad health is big business. People not being kind to themselves is big business. People not being kind to each other is mm-hmm. huge. <laughs> the huge. There's a lot to be. And so, and boy, it, ultimately, this is actually a great story, you know, because when we look back, at South, I, I, and I mean this in the sense that a thousand years from now, when we look back, we're going we're gonna to say, whew, that was close. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, 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 we came really close to something terrible, and we avoided it. And I think um, uh, when we're in, you know, within traditional customs, within traditional cultures, um, in Hawaii, uh, we didn't necessarily build giant pyramids. Our, our heo and our, you know, our, you know, our, our sacred sites are profound, but what, what we did build were these amazing relationships with each other and they were invisible and it was the ability uh and and of course i, I try to not over romanticize uh we were we weren't you know nobody was perfect um uh you know the colonists they they didn't bring war <laughs> we were you know we there were ter- you know there there was there was challenges you know when, no matter how we look at it but there are just profound lessons to show how we've been able to transcend all of these different kinds of challenges that we've been faced with in Hawaii and, um, and continue to. And, so, and Hawaii is a great kind of a cultural sandbox. You know, there are things that we can test out here um, that has universal application and um, it, it can be shared with the world. And I think the, the thread that I'm really feeling, and it's, I, I get it here in Samoa as well, is that we are stronger than we know. Mm-hmm. We are healthier than we know. And we have more to share than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and that technology is how we aloha uh, each other and how we, you know, aloha aku, aloha mai. And there is, you know, and it, but taking it down to the granular, le- the granular level, how do, we, how do we break it into small pieces? That's where the story, uh, storytelling comes in. Well, you know, uh, Solomon and 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 Stacy, uh, Stacy, you know, we could have this conversation go on <laughs> much longer, and and I wanted to get more uh, 
some of the compassion that also exudes from the libraries. Uh, but in, in the meantime, um, I, I do want Solomon to tell us where can we find out more information about all the work that you're doing. Oh, sure. Well, you can either come stop by. I'm there on most mornings over at the Hawaii State Art, uh, Hawaii State Art Museum, come talk story. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram, at uh, Solomon Enos. You can remember my name, just put that at in front, and then you'll be able to see uh, about three, four years of work that I've been doing. Mahalo, Solomon. Mahalo, Stacy. And of course, uh, Stacy Aldrich is a state librarian for the Hawaii Public Library. Solomon Enos is the resident artist over at the State Art Museum. And I want to thank you both for joining me today. Mahalo. <laughs> and of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the True Initiative and Transform Hawaii Government. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.